Hey, Love Tribe. Today's episode is brought to you by one of my personal favorites, Cozy Earth. They've got something special for all the mothers out there. So anyone who wants to shower the special woman in their lives with love and the comfort they deserve, listen up. Hands down, Cozy Earth has the best sheets, bedding, pajama sets, and more. So today, I'm excited to share that Relationship Advice listeners get an exclusive 35% off discount. Simply go to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code I do at checkout. The first time I tried their bamboo sheets, I was blown away. The comfort level is insane. I just love slipping into their seriously soft and cool sheets after a long day. And for a mom who knows that the struggle of sleep deprivation is real, Cozy Earth's temperature regulating technology has been a lifesaver. No more waking up sweating or freezing. But what really sold me is the quality of the bamboo sheets. They are by far the most comfortable sheets I have ever slept in. They are made to last years, which they have. I think at this point, I have about six sets of them. And they have a 100-night sleep-free trial and a 10-year warranty, so you know you're getting something that is going to stick around. So if you're ready to prioritize your sleep health and treat yourself or the mom in your life to the luxury she deserves, head on over to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code IDO for an exclusive 35% off. Because every mom deserves a good night's sleep, and with Cozy Earth, you can finally get the rest you need. Let's talk about a struggle many of us know all too well losing weight. Remember those days when everyone was on a juice cleanse or just basically hangry all the time? That was no fun for anyone. Well, there's a better, more sustainable way to shed those pounds. Today, I want to introduce you to Row Body. It's not your typical weight loss program. Instead of all the gimmicks, they offer access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. But here's the real deal. They pair these shots with simple lifestyle changes, helping you lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Plus, over 200,000 people have already seen results with Robody. So what sets Robody apart? The support. They handle all the insurance stuff for you and give you access to a provider whenever you need them. And the best part, you can sign up online from home, no doctor's appointments and no waiting rooms. Say goodbye to those days of hangry juice cleanses. With Robody, losing weight is straightforward and sustainable. Take that first step today and say hello to a healthier, happier you. Kickstart your weight loss journey the right way and head to ro.co slash do. That's ro.co slash I-D-O. Sign up today for just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Remember, medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash I do. Tribe. 
What's going on, guys? Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for tuning in. Yeah. Yeah. We hope you're having a wonderful day. And if you're wondering why we called you Love Tribe, that's because we have a Love Tribe private group on Facebook. So if you have not joined, head on over to facebook.com slash love tribe fam, F-A-M, like family, and join our big group of everybody just trying to support each other going through relationships. Join the tribe. Join the tribe. <laughs> yeah, we love reading the stuff on there. We don't engage that much because we're not therapists ourselves, so we don't want to give professional advice because we're not professionals, but it's more of like a support group and that's the way it seems to function. Uh, but we are reading them. You know, I, I definitely mm-hmm. get in there almost daily, see what's going on. So it's great to see that interaction. And today we got a great show for you guys where we welcome Jessica Graham, and she is a meditation teacher, sex, relationship, and spiritual guide for couples, individuals, speaker, and author of Good Sex, Get Off Without Checking Out. And she gave us so many good exercise and tools that we are going to implement in our relationship. And I know you guys will be able to as well. Like, I'm so yeah, excited. <laughs> little preview, some tantric breathing. Yeah. Some eye gazing, maybe oh, sprinkled yeah. in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Sounds really good. And uh, yeah, based on other stuff Sarah and I have done, sensate focus exercise, with, which we've mentioned in past episodes and talked about. It's kind of along those lines and uh, can be really valuable to sparking your sex life. So check that out. And as always, we appreciate you guys tuning in, telling your friends and family about the show, subscribing. That's really how we help uh, spread the love and continue to get this information out to you guys. And also supporting our sponsors because they really make it possible for us to keep doing the show and offering it for free for you guys. So if you hear a sponsor and you guys want to try it out, please use our promo code because then we get credit for it and it really helps us out. And we love doing the show and we want to continue to do it. So thank you guys so much and enjoy today's episode. Today's show is brought to you by our online course, Spark My Relationship. Create more passion, improve your communication, and build a stronger, more intimate connection with your partner in less than 90 days. We've collaborated with 15 therapists and psychologists to bring you the strategies marriage therapists teach their clients. To unlock a special offer only for I Do Podcast listeners, visit sparkmyrelationship.com slash unlock. That's sparkmyrelationship.com slash unlock. Hi, Jessica. Thanks for joining us on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. Jessica, today we're going to talk about the subject of your book, and we love the title, and that is Good Sex, Getting Off Without Checking Out. And why don't you tell us and our listeners how we can bring mindfulness into our sex lives and get off without checking out? (laughs) So that is uh, the question, right? I mean, so many people um, show up asking me, how do I just get more present? How do I get out of my mind and into my body? How do I get out of fear and judgment and insecurity and into connection with a person who I'm naked and engaging in sex with. And honestly, for me, the beginning was starting a meditation practice. 
really taking the time each day to sit down and get present with my thoughts, with my emotions, with my experience of the external world. And after doing that for, for me, it happened pretty quickly. I think it was just the right time, right, right teacher, right techniques. But pretty quickly, I was like, well, wait a second if everything is becoming more delicious as a result of sitting down and practicing this meditation thing, what would it be like to bring it into sex? And basically, it's as simple as bringing the tools of mindfulness into sex, whether that's with a partner or with yourself. So let's assume that our listener is already practicing meditation. And if they're not, we definitely have episodes on that in it is a very important practice. But let's say they're doing that, they're getting in touch with being mindful, being present. What does that look like in the bedroom? How? What are some specific examples of how that translates to a better sex life? Mm-hmm. So one of the first things that I suggest folks do when they're beginning to introduce mindfulness into sex is to start with themselves. So start with um, an embodied self-pleasure or what I call in my book, mindful masturbation. And the idea is that the same way that you can sit down and focus on your breath or focus on some other physical sensation or an external object, you would actually focus on pleasure in your body. And so generally what I have people do is set a timer and take about 10 or 15 minutes to explore their body and explore what pleasure they can create with their own hands. And so I ask people to put aside toys and porn and fantasy, not because any of those things are wrong or bad, but because this is about you and your body. And you start to tune into what actually feels good, uh, what different pleasure is available that maybe you didn't even know about. And the emphasis is off of orgasm and on the sensation of pleasure instead. And so oftentimes when people begin this, they don't even touch their genitals. They're just exploring other parts of their body with different touches, strokes, pressures. And that begins to tune you into what is it like to actually be in my body when I'm experiencing a sensual, sexual kind of pleasure. And after that, um, usually it's, you know, it's a little bit of a journey because for many people, being in the body that way brings them in contact with all the reasons they didn't want to be in their body to begin with. And that could be, you know, chronic pain, that could be trauma, that could be uh, body image challenges. And so you have to kind of start to work through those layers. And th- so that's a part of it. It's pleasure, but it's also healing. And I think pleasure can be a very healing vehicle for, for many, many people. So after you've spent some time really exploring what is it like to be in my body with self-pleasure, And you start to bring that in with your partner. And it's as simple as bringing attention to what's feeling good while you're having sex. And you're going to get pulled into the mind because we are human beings and our minds create thoughts just like our heart does what it does and our liver does what it does. And so you bring a lot of... um, compassion and kindness to that experience. You know, it's not a big deal. Just like when you're sitting to meditate, you get pulled into thoughts, you come back to your object of focus. And in this case, the object of focus is the pleasure you're experiencing with your partner. And it's just a simple step back to the body. And so it might be in the beginning, you're doing that a hundred times. And over time though, uh, you begin to become much more grounded in the body and much more sensitized to all of the experiences that are happening in the body. And then 
sex becomes a whole different thing. I just want to clarify when in the first phase where you're talking about the self pleasure, is that done with your partner being there or is that something separate that you would do in your own space to really learn about your body? Mm -hmm. So first of all, anything that I share is an invitation, right? And there's no one right way when it comes to sex or when it comes to mindfulness and sex. So it really is your own adventure. Um, The mindful masturbation practice is something that I generally suggest that people try on their own. But that's not to say that you couldn't do it with your partner. I think mutual masturbation is an amazing way to engage with sex with your partner, especially if someone's, you know, dealing with pain or dealing with maybe a, a lower sex drive and we want to find ways to engage, mutual masturbation can be an awesome way to do that. And bringing mindfulness in it, well, that's going to be um, an even uh, deeper experience. So certainly you can do it with a partner. But what I usually suggest to clients is that they try it on their own and they do it maybe three times. And each time they do a little bit of writing after the practice. They just, you know, write down what came up for them, how it felt. And then you can check in with your partner and say, well, I, I did, you know, I did my, my three. Did you do your three? And let's talk about what it was like. And just coming together to talk about masturbation and self-pleasure is already kind of edgy for, for many folks because we kind of keep that as a secret private thing. And to open up and share about um, our own self-pleasure practices with a partner that can create a lot of intimacy. It's such a simple thing, you know, seemingly getting in touch with our body and what feels good. But unfortunately, because of culture, I guess, and and the way we're raised, it's kind of a novel concept. Is that at least for for myself? And I think mm-hmm. Sarah's not yeah. in her head. And but it can bring us so much more happiness individually and as a couple if. I can say to Sarah, this is what I like and would you please do it? You know, maybe not as direct as that, but but we got to start with knowing what we like. So it's such a, a valuable thing to be able to do. Can you talk a little bit more about just that broader implication, like what you find with the people you work with, like why we're so disconnected from our own bodies? Mm, yeah, yeah. So... I am very passionate about helping folks move through trauma and experience recovery from trauma. And I think all of us, even if we had pretty great childhoods, we just have the trauma of being human and being in a human body. And trauma is, you know, it's stored in the body and it can be also passed down through generations. And so there's just amazing science coming out about this. And it can cause all kinds of experiences in the body, chronic illness, addiction, depression, anxiety, a a bunch of other stuff. And so when so many of us are living in bodies that are experiencing emotional and physical pain, there is a, a, a need to get relief and to get out of the body. And that's certainly how I lived for many years before I you know, really got on this path in earnest. And so I think for a lot of people, there's emotional and physical pain occurring in the body, oftentimes as a result of trauma. And so we want to get out of the body and get relief. Uh, and I have so much compassion for that. It's so hard to be human. It's so hard to be in a human body. It's so hard to have our hearts broken by life. It's like such a, a devastating experience and a beautiful experience. And so the gift of being willing to to work through these layers of 
whatever kind of pain we're experiencing that's keeping us out of the body is that we start to experience all that the body has to offer, not just not just the the parts of the body that are challenging, but everything that the body can offer us, which is an endless smorgasbord of, of beauty and pleasure. So I think trauma is one piece and pain in the body, whether that's emotional or physical. And then you mentioned culture. You know, <laughs> interestingly, I'm kind of going through my own experience with this right now. And this is a, a, a big way in which I teach and write. I talk a lot about my experience and what I'm learning. Because I think, you know, as teachers, as guides, as coaches, we, we need to keep doing our own work. And so I, I always continue to do that. And right now, um, I, I went through a period of not being able to exercise at all for about nine months. And I'm, I'm, I'm coming, I'm, I'm about to turn 40. And so my body is really different than it was, you know, even five years ago. And as I'm trying to bring my body back to the place that it was before I went through this period of injury and illness, I'm having a really hard time. It's not happening the way that it used to. And so when I'm engaging in sex, I'm noticing that there's this part of me that's feeling a little insecure. And I'm, you know, I'm working with that using my mindfulness, talking to my partner about it, practicing a lot of self-love. And so I'm, I'm getting this firsthand experience of what I think many, many people experiences, which is not feeling good about the way their body looks. And so they don't want to be in it. They want the lights out. They want everyone's eyes closed. They want to be, you know, sort of in their own little world and their partner in their own little world. And that way, maybe they get some, um, you know, freedom from the tyranny of the mind saying, look at that cellulite or look at how things are hanging differently than they used to. And so self-love is a beautiful antidote for that kind of insecurity. And it's a, it's one of the reasons that I hear a lot of folks don't want to be in their body is because they're worried about the way it looks. And then the last thing I'll say, and there's much more to say about why people don't want to be in their bodies, but we're not taught to be in our bodies. Our culture doesn't teach it. Our, you know, our schools don't teach it. Nobody is teaching embodiment, except the people that are teaching embodiment, and, and hopefully that will spread. Um, but we're not, it's not a value. You know, our minds are valued. What, what we can, you know, how, how we can do, how we can figure out, how we can push our bodies past the point of what they can do and how that's something to celebrate. The idea of really being with the body let alone experiencing pleasure, let alone experiencing sexual pleasure is not taught. Sexual pleasure is not taught in sex ed. And that I think is a travesty. Do you have any specific tools in addition to meditation for people to really start loving their body and accepting their body for the way that it is? Yeah, absolutely. So you know, I think a lot of a lot of this stuff does come down to a kind of um, retraining of the brain. So there's a meditative aspect of it, but to to spend some time every day, and you know, this is when I suggest this to a client, they're like, "Come on, really, I have to do it." But it's always transformative. Is to spend time just looking in the mirror each day and saying, "I love you. You're beautiful." you know, or you're handsome or whatever words you prefer. Um, and really seeing yourself and really saying it. And after a while you start, it starts to feel more and more comfortable. And you can also do that with your naked body. You know, it's, you can wake up in the morning and just look in your, the mirror and look at your face and say, I love you. But it, it ups the ante a bit if you, um, carve out the time to stand in front of a mirror or sit in front of a mirror with no clothing on and take time to look at each part of your body and say, I love you. 
I don't love you in spite of the way that you're aging or the way that I wish you look different. I love you, including that all of you is lovable. And so it's this um, positive affirmation paired up with actually seeing yourself. Um, I think another thing is to um, limit and be conscious around how much content you are bringing into your mind that um, is continuing to create this idea that there's some perfect body that you're supposed to have. You know, I used to really love looking at fashion magazines. I just found it really enjoyable. And at some point I realized there's a part of me that each time I look at this, I'm, I'm judging myself a bit. And I was like, you know, I'm just a lot more, I'm a lot more selective about when and why I would look at a fashion magazine because that's not, um, obviously that's not a, a, a truth. You know, most people don't look like the men and women and people we see in these fashion magazines. So I'm just more conscious about that because um, it's important to learn to work with those insecurities and judgments, but there's no reason to kind of keep poking and poking and poking and being like, not good enough, not good enough on the next page and the next page. So I think being conscious of that is important. And I also think talking about it, talking about it with other people and, you know, especially with men, you know, I have a lot of male clients. Um, I see couples as well as individuals. And men often do not have um, an outlet to talk about their, their insecurities about their bodies. And it's such a relief to them to be able to say to me, like, wow, I, I, I feel this way about my penis or I feel this way about, you know, my belly. And to be able to say it out loud and be heard and be seen and be loved while sharing this stuff is very important. And so I think for, for men, there really needs to be a, a, a more comprehensive outlet to be able to express these feelings because that's very healing as well. So much great stuff in here, Jessica. I really, <laughs> I, really I, I could go so many directions, but I want to drill down a little bit more on our journey and getting in touch with our body and using the body in, in sex and being physical as a tool for self-discovery. I just, mm. I feel like in my life, that's been a theme that I like to, I, I definitely like to think about things a lot, but really doing them and in, in moving through the world. And that's where we can really learn more about ourselves. So I think about this, you know, in the bedroom and wanting to be more adventurous or get in touch with my body more. So, but I'm not, I'm not necessarily doing that sort of say, you know, besides mm -hmm. thinking about it. So what are some steps that someone like myself could do to, to move that ball forward? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, one piece is to just do it right. <laughs> it's like, um, and, and I know how hard it can be to get over that, to get over that hump, right? Like, as I mentioned, I kind of, I went through a, you know, a challenging period and it definitely took a toll on my sexual life. And in recent, you know, months and in the last year or so I've had to, you know, start being like, look, we, we gotta, we gotta get back to it. Like we gotta discover what it wants to be now. Right. And there can be that resistance because it's like, it's hard. It's hard to do that work. And, you know, I, let's just watch Netflix instead. I don't, I don't want to go into that uncomfortable territory, but the doing it, the actual stepping into it is a huge part because once you, um, you know, let's say, let's say you, I have a couple's practice that I, that I, that I give to couples where, um, 
you take turns, you set a timer. It's similar to the mindful masturbation. You set a timer for 10 or 15 minutes and there's a giver and a receiver. And basically the idea is that you're bringing a lot of communication in. So you're, you're asking for what you want specifically and you're asking for consent specifically. So the, the, the giver is really communicating, would you like me to do X? Does this pressure feel good? And then the receiver is being very specific in, yes, that pressure feels good. I would like you to move a little bit towards the right. And this doesn't necessarily have to be intercourse. It could be stroking your back. It could be like, um, you know, tickling your thigh. It could, it can be any kind of touch. And the idea is that you're communicating while you're giving and receiving pleasure and you're getting more and more comfortable being in the body and, and talking about it while it's happening. So this is a, it's, it's a lot to ask. Like some of what I ask my clients, like I'm like, wow, it's a lot to ask. But when it's done, when the practice is actually tried out, magical things happen because it's not like there's supposed to be an A to Z. It's like an A to who knows what. It opens up what you said, the self-discovery. We start to see like there are endless paths of what our body and our sexual pleasure and our connection with each other can bring. And so it's the doing it and it's the talking about it. Like the communication piece is so, so important. Um, And there's a lot we can do on our own if we don't have a partner. There's a lot of ways we can explore our body on our own. But I do think when it comes to being with a partner, it's, it's, it's about, it's about taking that step, stepping into the, 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 um, uncomfortable zone and then talking about it, really getting in communication about it. That's a great exercise. And one of the things I'm thinking about here is not only understanding our body, but to me, a lot of it is being able to let go, like let Mm. go of the tension, the, the trauma, like you talked about. And Sarah, actually, Sarah and I, uh, a couple of weeks ago, went to an ecstatic dance um, practice. And mm. I've talked about this on the show before, but it's where if if you're listening and you don't know, you you basically, there's like a DJ, like it's, they play dance music and, but you're just supposed to do whatever feels good, but really try to let loose. And I, I've only done it twice now, but I really like it because it helps us get out of our head into our body, but also just let go. And I think when it comes to like an intimate relationship, we're bringing all this trauma and then especially in the bedroom, I'm talking from personal experience that there's like this tightness, you know, it's just not super loose when really it's, it's one of the most beautiful moments where if we can just give ourselves to the moment for, for lack of a better description, it can be really beautiful. And I just want to explore that more in all areas of, of my life and in our relationship with Sarah, because I think those moments where for someone that's always in their own head, like I, I tend to be where I can just let go and, and really not be are to me like peak moments of being a human does this speak to you personally or, or in the work that you do? Absolutely. And what comes to mind is, you know, an exercise um, inspired by, by tantric sex, which is an eye gazing and breathing exercise leading into sex. And I'd love to, I'd love to share it with you if you, if you'd like to, yes, to hear it. Yeah. 
So basically what, what you would do is you would, you would take off your clothes with your partner and either lie on your side facing each other or sit across from each other. And you would spend, you know, as long as you want, but you know, at least five minutes or so just gazing into each other's eyes. And you know, you're allowed to blink. (laughs) You don't have to have a staring contest, but you want to keep coming back to your partner's eyes. And a lot can come up. A huge amount can come up. It's very intimate. But the idea is that you you have um, a sense of safety within yourself. So having a, a sense of resource and a place you can focus on if you feel overwhelmed is really important. So this, I borrow this from Somatic Experiencing, um, Peter Levine's beautiful work for working with trauma. Um, and it's it's just finding a place in the body that's safe. So you find a place that's safe in your body, you can return to that at any time if the eye gazing becomes too intense for you. And then you you come back to the eye gazing when you feel when you when you feel regulated and you connect that way. So you're just looking into each other's eyes. And then you can start to breathe together. So just sync up your breathing. And it's actually a lot easier to do than one might think. It's a very natural progression to to breathing together. It might even start to happen naturally on its own without even trying. And you're just breathing together and you're feeling your breath and you're looking into each other's eyes and you're connecting in this really beautiful deep way. And then slowly you start to squeeze the pelvic area and release, squeeze and release, starting to just activate some energy there in the body. So you're squeezing and, and both men and women can do, can do this, uh, these sort of Kegel, this sort of Kegel thing. You're squeezing the pelvic floor muscles, those muscles that you would, um, you know, squeeze to stop peeing midstream and then you're releasing and you can sync that up with the breath. And so you're looking into each other's eyes, you're breathing and you're activating this part of the body. And then slowly you can start to touch each other and it's, there's no rush into sex. Maybe sex doesn't even happen, but you just, just slowly starting to use hands to touch each other. Maybe you start to kiss different parts of the body and you're continuing to breathe together. And when possible, you're continuing to make eye contact. There's going to be times perhaps where, you know, the, the physical alignment doesn't, doesn't allow for that, but you, you keep coming back to each other and you stay with the breathing and then you just let it do what it wants to do. And by it, I mean the energy, I mean the sexual energy, the, the connection, you let it unfold. And if at any time, you know, someone feels confused or someone's like, wait, this isn't feeling right. You can pause, you can come back to just looking into each other's eyes, just breathing together and then let it unfold again. And it really can be a very interesting, strange, beautiful, um, and incredibly pleasurable experience. And it's different every time, every single time you, you do a practice like that, it's going to be totally unique. We love that exercise. Mm-hmm. That'll be a good one to try. Do you have any others like that? I think <laughs> those are the things I think just to get you out of a rut, to get you, you know, cause you can go and talk to your partner about this and that's important, but really these exercises I love. So are there any others like in the same avenue? Let's take a break to talk about today's sponsors. Today's episode is brought to you by Away Travel. So I am super excited about my new Away suitcase. Sorry, Chase. I know you like it, but it's all mine and I'm not sharing. Yes, Sarah (laughs) made that very clear. 
I did. I'll just get my own. I did. Because it's pretty awesome. It is. So as many of you know, Chase and I travel a lot, and that means we go through a lot of suitcases. Well, not anymore. Sarah's new away carry-on. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> Sarah's is lightweight and has a durable shell that's made to last a lifetime of travel. It comes with a limited lifetime warranty, which means they'll fix or replace your bag if it ever gets damaged. So I am totally geeking out right now about all the amazing benefits that my new carry-on has. So listen to these. A built-in compression pad to help you pack more. Uh, yes. I'm always like spilling out over my bag. And you it, definitely it, <laughs> need to pack more clothes. I know. I, know, I have a problem. <laughs> but this compression pad will help me. I know it. <laughs> An optional ejectable battery to keep your phone charged. Who doesn't need that? My phone is always dying right before we fly. <laughs> a removable laundry bag to separate dirty clothes from clean clothes. I don't know about you, but I always store my dirty clothes all in like one corner of my suitcase. I use like a gross. garbage bag, but this <laughs> sounds much bag. better. Sounds way better. A TSA approved combination lock so it keeps all your belongings safe. Why have we not had a suitcase before with a lock? Yeah. Now we do. Well, now you do. Now we I'll do. I'll be getting mine soon. <laughs> well, there are all those benefits and so much more. So try it out with their 100-day trial. Take any non-personalized item on the road, and if you don't love it, send it back for a full refund. There's really no risk here, nope. guys. And for $20 off a suitcase, visit awaytravel.com slash I do and use promo code I do during checkout. That's awaytravel.com slash I do and use promo code I do during checkout. Today's episode is brought to you by Native. Native creates safe, simple, effective deodorants that smell amazing, like really good, and they actually work. Chase and I can definitely vouch for its effectiveness since we live in a hot and humid climate that requires us to have deodorant that really works. Yes, and I cannot smell myself today. <laughs> I just smell nice Coconut. Native coconut deodorant. <laughs> it smells so good. And not only will you smell good, but their formula contains simple ingredients that you can understand so you know everything that's in your deodorant. Native is aluminum-free, so it's safe and effective. Native comes in a wide variety of enticing scents for men and women. Plus, they release new limited edition seasonal scents throughout the year. They also offer an unscented formula and a baking soda-free formula for those with sensitivities. My favorite scent, which I just gave a little hint to a minute ago, which is also their most popular, is the coconut and vanilla. So try Native risk-free with free returns and exchanges in the U.S. For 20% off your first purchase, visit nativedeodorant.com and use promo code IDO during checkout. That's nativedeodorant.com. Use promo code IDO at checkout. Well, this is a little bit different, but I think it's worth mentioning, which is that you know, for so many couples, especially after a few years or so, the, um, the usually one partner is wanting more sex than the other, or maybe they're both like, huh, we should really be having sex, but we're not. And there's just not that spark. And, and part of that is, um, you know, chemical, right? It's just what happens because, you know, we're out of the, the lust and, and attraction chemicals and into the love and bonding chemicals. 
but uh, it's also, you know, it's, there's less variety if you're in a monogamous relationship. And so, you know, things just, things start to shift. Plus life happens, you know, there's kids and there's aging and there's all of this stuff. Um, and so oftentimes people want to talk about that. You know, they want to know how do I, how do we get back to, to connecting sexually on a more regular basis? And one of the first things I say is it's not about getting back. It's about moving forward into what's next because whatever that was, that's beautiful. That's wonderful. But there's a whole different world, a whole new realm, a completely different paradigm of pleasure and connection and intimacy and adventure and totally hot sex ahead of you. So it's not about going back. And one of the ways to step into the future of what your sex life is going to be is to bring in these little micro practices. So when you say goodbye in the morning or the afternoon or whenever you, you part ways for the day, instead of that little peck, you, you just slow it down a little bit. You let it be. It doesn't have to involve tongue. Maybe it does. But it's a slower kiss, a more, um, you know, a fuller kiss. It allows you to actually make that contact and let it be something, you know, just with a, a, a taste of sexuality to it. If you have like a habit of, you know, patting your partner on the butt, maybe it's actually like a firm sort of stroke down the lower back onto the upper butt, right? Like it's these little adjustments, these micro adjustments that allow for a sexual energy to start to build. And then I also am a big believer in using technology to enhance our our sexual connection. So texting, you know, sending a sexy text and getting in the habit of doing it, even if it's something that maybe is a little uncomfortable, or even a sexy video, these kinds of things, as long as you're, you know, not putting it on the cloud, um, these <laughs> kinds of things can really, um, can, can really start to invite a sense of sexuality back into the relationship. And then, you know, just bringing sensuality in, like, like, you know, do you, do you really like the sheets on your bed? Do they feel good on your body? Do you like the color of them? Do you like the color of your walls? Like, does it, it provoke a sense of, of sensuality and sexuality for you? D- does the, is the food you're eating and the way it's being prepared, is it, is it bringing in that sensual aspect? So all of these things can start to uh, stoke that, that, that sexuality that is there. It just needs to be reawoken. And maybe you already are having a lot of sex and it, your sexuality is very awake, but you, you want it to to expand. You want to, you know, bring in this idea of, of sexual awakening, um, spiritual and self-evolution, or maybe you want to try something a little more wild, right? Like you want to get into something kinky or just something, you know, uh, a little outside of your norm. This is another reason to be in- encouraging and engaging with sexual energy because that's going to fuel those adventures. That's going to fuel those expansions. And so it's a, a daily thing of uh, engaging with your own sexuality because that's a relationship that you have and engaging with the sexuality with your partner. And that's another relationship. And if you have a friend who you never see, you never go to tea, you never, you know, ha- talk about a book you read, then the friendship starts to, you know, it's, it starts to fizzle a bit, right? It's like there's, there's no juice there. Same thing with our sexuality, with ourselves and with each other. We need to feed that relationship, nurture that relationship. And, you know, we can, we can do that in all kinds of ways, including the, the ones that I've mentioned. 
I love that that you mentioned the deep, passionate kiss, because we had recently kind of had that discussion of things that would help us feel more intimate and closer. And I had shared that one with Chase, that instead of a peck, it would be very special for me if we have more of an intense kiss. So I love that you mentioned that because right when you said that, I kind of perked up and I kind of got excited about, you know, the next time that we can have a deep kiss. Have I been doing a better job? <laughs> you have. All You've right. been very conscious of that. And I love that. It, it's See, that's 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 beautiful that you had that communication and that that's being that call is being answered. It's gorgeous. You mentioned briefly, and I know this could be kind of a whole other podcast for sure, but the psycho spiritual evolution that that we experience as individuals and then bringing that into a relationship and and tying that in with obviously meditation and self inquiry and I think these are all such important things because really they tie together in just being aware and conscious mm -hmm. and we can learn so much about ourselves if we're doing that. Can you talk a little bit about your work with clients and in, in bringing this into their lives and how it improves their relationships? Yeah, absolutely. So our partners are really our greatest teachers. Um, the relationship is its own monastery. You know, we don't, you don't, you don't need to go um, live in a mountain and meditate every day to wake up, have a spiritual awakening. A romantic relationship, if you are truly conscious and present for it, <laughs> it can do the job in some <laughs> amazing ways. Um, uh, our partners push the buttons that nobody else can, kind of like our, you know, our family. It's a similar thing, but you know, with a partner, there's just so many layers there that we're um, that we're opened up to, and so many ways in which our self, you know, their, you know, various selves can be activated and can suffer. And if we're willing each time that that happens, whether it's, you know, uh, the way our partner washes the dishes and we wish was different, or the fact that, you know, our, our partner doesn't as want, want as much sex as us, or doesn't, um, you know, touch us in a way that we, that we want them to, uh, each, if we become conscious and present to our own experience of that each time, then we start to learn so much. We start to learn about um, the way in which we operate as a human in the world. And we start to see where we need to heal and we start to see where we need to grow. And, you know, I really like the saying, if you spot it, you got it. Or, you know, uh, turn uh get, get rid of the magnifying glass and pick up the um the mirror right because when i see something in my partner that really really bothers me it's guaranteed that there's some aspect or element of that going on within myself it might look really different right could look very different but there's some aspect same thing if i'm just feeling especially annoyed like if i'm like just having a day where it's like everything my partner does annoys me. That means something's going on with me. Like I'm, I'm having an issue because otherwise I would not be uh, pointing my attention out towards uh, judging my partner. And so in that way, there's, you know, there's so much to learn. We can always, you know, kind of look at ourselves and say, where am, where am I needing to evolve and expand here as a result of the sort of judgment or resentment I'm feeling towards my partner? So that's one really important piece. Um, you know, sexuality and spirituality are so often, like most of the time, completely separated. And 
there is, you know, there are some ways in which it's brought in, you know, with tantric sex, with orgasmic meditation, there's things like this, but those involve a certain belief system. And it, it, it means like kind of buying in, which is fine if that's, you know, your deal, but if it's not, then it's, 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 you know, then there's not really anything for you. And because spirituality and religion are so tied together, um, there's this sort of Puritan way of, of looking at things. And there's this like idea of sin or of, you know, uh, you know, you know, in the Buddhist world, it's like, you know, you ha- if you don't cut out sex, then you can't fully awaken, right? There's this idea. And also, you know, there's a, a lot of ideas about the right kind of sex. And if it's spiritual, it looks like this. If it's spiritual, then it never involves any kind of pornography. If it's spiritual, then it's always monogamous. Or if it's spiritual, you know, and so on and so on. And so we're very disconnected, our spiritual selves and our sexual selves. And I just find that to be kind of amazing. It's like, how can we think that our sexual selves are separate from our spiritual selves. It's one and the same. There's no separation there. And when we take our sexuality and we put it aside and say, well, that's this, this other thing, then we're missing a whole avenue of spiritual awakening and of, of psycho-spiritual evolution. And so I think it's incredibly important that we are all willing to bring our sexuality into our spiritual experiences. That doesn't mean that everyone is going to do it the same. For some people, celibacy might be exactly the way that their sexuality needs to be expressed. That might be correct. But for other people, that's not the case. And, um, and so I think when we come together with a partner and we're both dedicated to waking up in all ways, including sexually, we have like double the power because we're working together. We have that, um, that sort of encouragement from each other, right? Like, so if one of the things we want to do for our, spiritual and psychological evolution is be really conscious of the kind of um, content we're bringing into our minds, right? Because there's a lot of pornography out there and a lot of it is um, not so great, not so great as far as where it comes from and how it's made. But then there's some that's very, very ethical and it's all different kinds, not just one version of porn, but the way it's made and the way people are treated, involved in, in making it and all of that. So if we want to shift that, maybe one partner has been watching a lot of porn and they want to shift how they're engaging with it, bringing their partner in on that, you know, talking about it together, exploring it together, having it be an open conversation. This, this is um, a much more uh, radical and powerful way to start to create that change. And when you start to look at something like how you engage with porn, well, that's a whole other way to awaken right? Because it's something that we don't want to talk about. And so we keep it shut away and silent. We feel maybe guilty about it. And that part of us doesn't get to wake up. And so being bringing it to our partner, talking about it, engaging in it in a conscious way, this can, um, this can create some beautiful changes, not just in ourselves, but potentially in the world. How can one still be present in, while having sex but then still engage in like fantasies and things like that, that are kind of, that take you outside of the current moment? Mm, yeah. Beautiful question. So 
I am not against fantasy in any way. And, you know, and I'm a meditation teacher, but I'm not against fantasy. I mean, we're all in fantasy all the time. Like it's like mm-hmm. one of the, one of the whole ideas of the spiritual path is that you, you wake up from the fantasy, but as humans, you know, it's, it's a part of being human, you know, the future, the past, we're, we're always going there. Um, and it's important to wake up to that, right? To recognize that that's an aspect of being human, that we have this like fantasy world that we're mostly living in a lot of the time. Um, and when we realize that, that's very helpful because then we can start to be like, oh, that's the fantasy. And this is the, mo- this is the actual moment that's occurring. So that's important when you start to think about how this works in sex. So fantasy can be a tool Fantasy can be a complement to sex. Fantasy can be something that uh, creates more pleasure, that um, increases libido, that uh, helps uh, that that helps us to connect with our partner more deeply. It can also, of course, as you said, be something that that kind of takes us away and cuts us off. And so, what I like to suggest is that when people are starting to bring mindfulness into sex or masturbation, that they put fantasy aside temporarily. And not necessarily every time, but some of the time, consciously putting it aside and understanding that that might mean that the way in which they normally get off isn't available, right? Like if you have one specific fantasy and it's the one you need to have playing in your head in order to get to the point to have a climax, then it may mean that when you put the fantasy aside, that, that traditional climax doesn't happen. But what can happen is a whole other host of experiences, some of them quite pleasurable, some of them really healing. Um, you can start to see like what's there when I'm actually just present with my body. And so you, you put it aside at first, you start practicing that. But then over time, you can start to bring it in. You know, I just suggested to a, a client recently who was doing a, he's doing a series of mindful masturbation practices. I said, let's start to bring fantasy in. And I want you to use fantasy for a minute or less. And then I want you to return to the body and just be with the body. And then after a few minutes, go back to fantasy, use fantasy for a minute or so and come back to the body. Tie trading between the fantasy and what's actually happening physically in the body. And this is a way to start to incorporate fantasy in while still being aware and in touch with the body. And so that's something that I suggest as well. Um, I also think it's helpful to share your fantasies with your partner. Um, Oftentimes people have shame around their fantasies. I definitely hear from a lot of women that they have shame about the fantasies that are, are most erotic for them. And so speaking stuff out loud often, you know, eradicate shame, you know, the vulnerability. And so sharing it um, and saying, this is, this is a fantasy. There might be a way, even a fantasy that you'd never want to play out in real life. There might be a way that you could bring your partner into it. There might be an aspect of that fantasy that you could play out together, even just energetically, you know, just having them know that that's part of what's um, what turns you on. And so communication is a, is a big part of it and being willing to, to be flexible, right? Like, so it's not about this is right and this is wrong. It's about, do I have flexibility when it comes to my sexuality and my sexual pleasure? Jessica, there's so many great things in, in today's discussion. And obviously we could just go super deep dive into, to all these uh, areas of interest before we wrap up. Are there any other tools or maybe practices that someone listening 
me <laughs> could use <laughs> to bring the the sexual spiritual evolution into into my life and into uh, a relationship so i mean i think one of the number one most important things is to ask for what you want you know i have this madonna quote in my book it's a lot of people are afraid to say what they want that's why they don't get what they want and it's a it's pretty radical spiritual practice to to a know what you want and b be able to ask for it. This doesn't mean that everything we ask for we're going to get right. Like and that's okay. <laughs> we have to be okay with that too. Um, but I bet there's a there's there's a negotiation. I bet there's a middle ground, right? And so being able to communicate, well, know what we want and communicate what we want is is a huge huge part I think of a good sex life and a and a good life. Um, being able to get in touch with what we want involves really, really, truly being with ourselves, um, being with our bodies, being with our minds, you know, being with the experience of self. And, uh, and it also involves healing, right? Like it involves getting in there and being willing to look at the stuff that's painful, be with the stuff that's hard. And we do it in a skillful, um, responsible way, right? Like maybe we need a therapist to support us with it or a coach or combination of, of, uh, practitioners. Um, but as we get in there and we, we heal these parts of self that, that might be telling us, Oh, you don't get that. You don't get to have what you want or you don't deserve it or, um, whatever other, you know, voices are in there that generally stem from like age, you know, age five, right? Like whatever happened when we were kids that, gave us the narrative that our needs and our desires don't matter. You know, we need to heal those parts of self. And so we, we, we go in and we really, uh, we really dialogue with those younger parts of self that, that thought that our needs or our wants didn't matter or weren't, there was no point in asking. And over time, that healing work syncs up with all the other embodiment work, you know, the, the mindful masturbation, the, the practices you do with your partner. And over time, it just becomes, it, there, there's a new normal. There's a new normal, which is, you know, um, coming from a place of self-compassion and self-love and a place of being brave enough to ask for what we want, but gentle enough to be with ourselves when that's scary. Such a valuable exercise for yeah. myself and for our listeners and Sarah. And uh, we really appreciate that. We're going to put them into practice, Jessica. So before we wrap up, can you tell our listeners where they can find you online? And then we'll say goodbye. Absolutely. Um, so you can find me and my book and all that at yourwildawakening.com, yourwildawakening.com. I also have a YouTube channel with lots of free content. And then um, I'm, I'm pretty active on Instagram, which is uh, Jessica Clark Graham is my Instagram. But you can also find all of that on the website, yourwildawakening.com. Perfect. And we'll have all those links on the podcast description and on our website at idopodcast.com. And thank you again for joining us on the show. Thank you so much for having me. What a pleasure. 
Hi guys, we hope you enjoyed today's episode. As always, all the links are in the show notes page, as well as on the podcast description. And while you're on our website, we encourage you guys to check out our 14 day happy couple challenge. We send you an email for 14 days with simple doable challenges to help strengthen and improve your relationship. And on our website, we also have a bunch of free resources for your relationship. So we encourage you to check those out. Uh, We also have our love tribe on Facebook. Uh, We encourage you guys to join the tribe and uh, be there for support for each other. If you have questions or just need some relationship advice, we are all here for each other. Um, The group has grown to almost a thousand people um, and we love it. So we hope you guys join that. You can go to Facebook love tribe fam and you'll find us right there. And if you are interested in learning more about our flagship course, spark my relationship, we hope you guys check it out. We have a special offer that is only for podcast listeners. So you can go to sparkmyrelationship.com slash unlock and you can unlock that special offer and learn more as always thank you guys so much and we'll see you next week you are listening to a pleasure podcast For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com.